hour news as it happens when it happens wherever it happens local regional and global only on q95 the big station q95da.com right on q uh, good morning this is the morning news for today friday august 19th for 2022 i'm your presenter hassan robinson here are the headlines Dr. Almario Kazumi says cannabis is a viable agribusiness and medicinal option to create a self-sufficient society and economy that can encourage youth to get back to agriculture. Six people are nursing injuries in hospital in St. Lucia after a bus veered off the road and capsized on Martin Luther Street in Labori on Wednesday morning during the busy hours of social commuting. And uh, waterways across the UK were forced to close due to the lack of water caused by a heat wave and a lack of rain impacting the boating, holiday and tourism trade and some houseboats are unable to move. News. The news is brought to you for the very kind compliments of Rudolph Thomas Enterprises. The details of these stories and more coming up next. Only on Q95, the big station, Q95DA.com, right on Q. Rudolph Thomas Enterprise in Portsmouth, your suppliers of building materials and hardware products. Over 20 years experience in the business. Rudolph Thomas has lumber and plywood, Portland and tile cement, steel rods, galvanized and fence pipe. And Rudolph Thomas can meet all your wire needs. Galvanized roofing sheets, doors, windows, toilet sets, face basins and bidets. PVC piping, fittings and lattice. Check out Rudolph Thomas for ceramic and vinyl floor and wall tiles, nails, nuts and bolts, paint and painting supplies. And check out their line of electrical and hand tools. And Rudolph Thomas is your one-stop shop for hard-to-find items like fiberglass mat and fiberglass resin and welding rods. Go now to Rudolph Thomas on 1240 Bay Street in Portsmouth. And welcome back. First off in the news, cannabis has proven itself to be the ideal and viable option to create an opportune self-sufficient society that encourages the youth to get back to agriculture. This from Disaster Risk Management Coordinator for the Ministry of Agriculture, Dr. Almario Kazumi, speaking as a guest on Q95's Youth on Q program on Thursday afternoon. Dr. Kazumi highlighted the many positive impacts that the creation of a cannabis industry can have on Dominica's economy by the creation of a new opportunities and avenues for the youth and the country as a whole. The level of seriousness that we are engaged in in terms of really and truly creating that cannabis industry. Because like I said, um, I am very much convinced that cannabis can be the diversification crop that can really and truly draw youth and youths women and children back to the land, back to agriculture. Because yes, agri cannabis cultivation encompasses everything. It's holistic, it's organic, it's regenerative, it is complementary to food production, and it is agriculture at its highest of sciences. So yes, we are really and truly embracing the possibilities of that industry, and we are propelling Dominica, like Farah said, as the nature island brand in terms of, you know, the exclusive high-grade exquisite blends that nowhere else can be found other than on the nature island so we welcome the discourse and um, we see some errors is being made by governments but obviously the lobbyist groups need to put on that pressure yeah. mm -hmm. because there is much more to be done in less time yeah? and we're not talking about we have a luxury of time mm -hmm. no we have to do it immediately because if we do not do it now the opportunities might be lost you know what i mean and we need to take advantage of that you know 
Uh, speaking on the legislative aspects of the cannabis industry and the international connectivity to the global markets, Dr. Kazmi encouraged everyone to take an active step in moving that industry forward. And we are blessed or paradoxically unfortunate that we are one of the last CARICOM jurisdictions to seriously have legislative reform with regards to cannabis. Okay. The passing of 28 grams and three trees does not cut it. Um, there are a number of issues right. coming into play with regards to industry, right. entrepreneurship, agro-processing of cannabis into value-added products. Yeah. The global economics of cannabis as an industry is contributing what, $25 billion annually and is expected to go exponentially by the year 2025-2026. And the question now being asked is what is Dominican's stance in terms of an active participant in that global expo in terms of you know the Good. industrialization commercialization quote-unquote in terms of new product development mm -hmm. all fomented on cannabis use wow. Dominica has opted to look at the legislative requirements for a medical cannabis industry and I might be subject to correction or a cannabis industry and that was Disaster Risk Management Coordinator for the Ministry of Agriculture, Dr. Almario Kazmi. Still in the local news, the positive impacts of cannabis herb in its holistic form has proved to be of cultural, social and economic benefit and can also provide social self-sustainability and economic progress. This from teacher and musician Abia Israel speaking on some of the historical and religious aspects of cannabis usage, which she says has been documented as evidence of its positivities on societies and cultures. Miss Israel encourages persons to be open-minded to the possibilities that the ancestors have shown to current generations. You know I have a knack for going back into history as to how the economy, um, cannabis contributes so important to the economy. Imagine back in the 1930s, and this is taken from you know, whatever history you can search for of the prohibition of marijuana in the 1930s um, in the U.S., uh, when they were first colonized, industrial hemp was an important cash crop. In fact, King James I ordered each colonist to grow a hundred hemp plants for fiber. And you were talking about the hemp being used for fiber for clothing, for rope, you know. If a farmer refused to grow hemp, they could have been fined or even jailed. And that was in the 1930s in the US. You had to grow hemp back then. Um, and even George Washington, the president, past president of the U.S., uh, he also grew hemp in his surroundings and next to lumber at that time, next to lumber and tobacco, hemp was the most important and popular cash crop in the U.S. back in the 1930s. However, what we know happened, again, the racism comes in here. Um, the minorities, they call us, though we are the majority in number, other minorities were making wealth out of this. Us. Our ancestors were making wealth out of this, including the Mexicans, and he wanted to turn that around. It was false news and brainwashing of the society as to cannabis being something wrong. Mm -hmm. And they began uh, pulling away from under our feet mm -hmm. the cash that we got from, from growing and producing those things there. So. And that was a teacher and musician, Abia Israel. Meantime, holistic health advocate and freelance journalist Farah Theodore spoke on some of the implications of what she considers to be a hegemonic agendas and the need to break free from them. And I'll just bring an example to Bangladesh um, right now because Bangladesh literally means cannabis people. Right. Bang means cannabis and mm -hmm. Lam means people. So. And in their situation, um, in 1970s, 
They had to sign an anti-drug agreement with the U.S. where they promised they would not grow hemp. Now, hemp is a product where it helps you with you know, soil and land cultivation, preservation, so on. So when that happened, guess what? They became impoverished. Yeah. Um, they had you know, massive you know, environmental issues, flooding, and so on. So yes, we have the hegemonic powers that be protecting their interest. And any other country that, you know, dares to do for themselves, they'll come in and step in and enforce rules and regulations. And that's why we as a sovereign nation, we have been bowing to their wills and fancies. And that is why it is taking us so long to get in the game. And that was holistic health advocate and freelance journalist Safara Theodore. And similar to the stomach, the vagina has its own natural microbiome, which includes both healthy and bad bacteria that can cause problems like yeast infections and bacterial uh, vaginosis. Uh, Celine Christopher, a registered nurse, references owning a home and maintaining cleanliness. However, the use of too much bleach is bad, and one may need to use another product to get rid of the odors created by harsh chemical reactions. The good vaginal bacteria is known as lactobacilli or bacilli, and using some feminine hygiene products can disrupt these bacteria and cause infections, which can create great problems in the home. Nurse Christopher noted that a bacterial vaginosis, a serious ailment that results from an imbalance of bacteria and makes one more susceptible to STDs. And that bacteria, scientific name is called Lactobacilli, mm -hmm. is the good one, which is used to clean our nitrical house down mm -hmm. here, make sure everything good, clean, sparkling, fresh. <laughs> now, imagine if you come with a bottle of Clorox. Uh -huh. Yes, we have to clean, but then too much Clorox. Mm -hmm. Everything just going to go off. Then you want to take something else to clean it, and then so on and so on until you have a big, everything mixing mm -hmm. up, and then oh, something go off. Okay, the vagina. Don't usually have a flowery scent. That's mm -hmm. not natural. That's fiction. So the normal scent, I would say, or the normal taste, if you want to go that far, for mm -hmm. vagina would be like a sourdough bread or yogurt. Mm -hmm. It's basically more like unscented, but have that little tang taste to it. Mm -hmm. Now, when you use feminine hygiene products like the sprays, the perfumes, and so on, you get that extra sweet scent. Yes, it might smell good, but Again, the pH is going to affect your pH. And depending on what chemicals that in that spray and so on, it have irritants and that could cause an inflammation down there and you might not even realize until after a few uses. And that was registered nurse Celine Christopher. Also, the vagina is typically acidic, but midwife and registered nurse Isana Mois Alfred stresses that there are ways to alter the conditions of the vagina, as such as eating pineapples, which is one of the most popular and efficient methods. Because of their high vitamin C and acidic contact, pineapples can help maintain the pH balance and acidity in the body by having an alkalizing impact. The pH balance and general health of your vagina can also be greatly enhanced by consuming lots of water and citrus fruits, avoiding harmful foods or an unhealthy lifestyle. What we eat plays a very important role. So diet, everything is diet. Our diet and what we eat plays a very important role in changing certain aspects in, in the taste and how we feel. Mm -hmm. um, so pineapple has been one of the most famous fruits that <laughs> it gives the vagina a sweet Mm -hmm. um, flavor, citrusy flavor, mm -hmm. and the vegetables like asparagus would then give it the opposite, like a bitter and 
not really nice taste. Mm-hmm. So if you want to promote good and you want to give it a nice citrusy smell and flavor, then it plenty pineapples. Fruits and vegetables play a key role too in our things. So it's not just pineapples. You can go online and you can research and you'll get different fruits that uh, that promotes nice scents and good health when it comes to the vagina. And that was midwife and registered nurse Isana Moise Alfred. I believe audio credit is to Miss Trudy Christian, the CEO of Women's Health Plus and The Spill. Still in local news, the president of the Dominica Public Service Union, DPSU, Steve Joseph, says many individuals underestimate the significance of work and that the reason they attend school is to either start a business, which is to create work or seek employment at an establishment. He was speaking on the DPSU program on QFM earlier this week. People underestimate the significance of work. I mean, that's what people go to school for, to come out of school and either start a business, which is work, or find employment in some establishment. And the work, the body of work that the trade union movement has contributed to regulating work and ensuring that the rights of workers are not only taken up at regional and international level, but that it's reflected in our laws. I do not think when we talk about civic responsibility, we give enough kudos to the labor struggle. Mm-hmm. We pass on the ECLO Black Bridge every day. All right? Uh, we, we talk about some of the pioneers and the work, but, but the things we enjoy in terms of the benefits of the labor struggle, the 40-hour week and, and paternity and maternity and all the rights, vacation that we enjoy, and all the things that form part of our daily living, which is a direct benefit of the work of, of labor unions. And that was a DPSU Public Service a President uh, Steve Joseph. Meantime, General Secretary of the Dominica Public Service Union, Thomas Leta, is of the view that trade unions are negatively attacked when they represent employees, but that is not the case when trade unions represent employers. Uh, Leta contends that no effort should be made to prevent people from being part of a trade union. I believe no efforts, or no attempt rather, should be made to prevent people from being part of a trade union. Yeah. And anytime any employer, and even if that employer happened to be a private um, business, a statutory institution, or government, and you discourage people from being part of a union, then you are actually violating the people's constitutional right, mm-hmm. and you are not adhering to the laws of this country. And the International Labor Organization, which, which is tripartite, by that we mean they work with government, they work with employers, and they work with employees' organizations. You are not, you are not paying any respect to those conventions. And that was the General Secretary of the Dominica Public Service Union, Thomas Slater. And when we look at the data surrounding the absence of money laundering, prosecutions and convictions within Dominica's justice system, one can only see the results of not 
effectively enforcing the proper legislations. This from Leader of the Opposition Lennox Linton, sharing his views on the current mode of operations of Dominica's criminal justice system, particularly around key areas of crime. Linton says as a result of this, the United Workers Party will be going to Parliament on the 22nd of August in an emergency session to focus much-needed scrutiny on amendments to legislations pertaining to money laundering preventions, proceeds of crime, combating the financing of terrorism, and more. We may be at the stage where we, we do, in fact, have enough statutes within the legal framework to effectively deal with issues like money laundering. And uh, we may have on the books all these statutes that have been around for many years. But, but when you look at the situation regarding the absence of money laundering prosecutions and convictions, in times like these, you have to ask yourself whether the existing legislation is being used effectively. All right? And uh, we will be going to Parliament in emergency session next week, Monday, and uh, the Money Laundering Prevention Act, the Proceeds of Crime Act, and the Combating the Financing of Terrorism Act will be uh, under scrutiny by way of amendments that will come for those pieces of legislation. And that was the leader of the opposition, Lennox Linton. And the words, I believe you, are not, well, the words, I believe you, are the only other words that are equal in meaning to a child who has been abused and speaks out. These are some of the sentiments shared by abuse survivor, child safety advocate, and Dominican author Shamina Abachan. Ms. Abachan recently launched her book titled If You Touch, I'll Tell, which deals with a new approach to the issue of abuse and having discussions around the topic with children in a way that they can understand and apply. Equally important are messages geared towards parents whom they too might have had difficulties in the past with the subject matter. I believe you. Because there's loving belief. You have to love a child enough to believe them, right? Yes. And when my mother told me that she believed me, uh, even today I get emotional because well, she believed me. I thought that um, when I was 10, if I just had a poster in my room, right? And then I had, and I would just hold my mother's hand and say, mommy. And she would right. say, what happened there? And I would tell her and then she would say, who did it? And I would go, I could have saved four years of my life, but I had to wait until I was strong enough to find those words. So I wanted the children to have a tool. I would tell parents, you know what? For people like me who've been through abuse, you know, it's easy for folks to tell you, it happened so long ago, just forget about it. I'm almost 42 and I live with it every day. And sometimes when I see my daughter, I just think about what she could potentially go through. And that alone, parents mm. should know that your child is so worthy to be saved. Mm. And prevention is better than cure, especially in the case of sexual abuse. There is no cure for this. And that was abuse survivor, child safety advocate and Dominican Arthur Shemina Abachan. And the fourth and final session of the IICA UNDP MO Benefits Training Trainers Workshop under the Strengthening of Resilience Training of Hazardous Areas for Delivery of Training in Climate Smart Agriculture for Communities within the Parish of St. David, St. Patrick and St. Paul was completed yesterday by the Frontline Extension Officers of the Division of Agriculture. It is believed that by participating in the training, Extension Officers will be better equipped to inform farmers through one-on-one -on -one farm visits, meetings and other training events. And he will ask the question why um, the entire world is looking at issues relating to climate change, climate variability. And you know, agriculture, the agricultural sector, 
has always been impacted on issues relating to the climate, high rainfall, high erratic rainfall. You have drought conditions. Now, your staff must have a good understanding of what is taking place out there and be prepared scientifically to deal with it and to address the needs of the farm. Today, we recognize it is important that um, staff um, are able to deliver to farmers. So what we had today is how do you deliver a training? And thankfully, that is not limited to issues relating to um, climate smart agriculture, but how do you deliver a training in general? So you start with your needs assessment, understanding what it is that your farmers need, and importantly, what they have too, because you don't go out there with that you have all the knowledge because some farmers have their own knowledge and their own way of doing things. But essentially it was really to train our staff and empower them in such a way that they would be able to understand the farming community, especially now, to develop a training that suits them. And that was advisor for agriculture extension Felix Leslie. And in other news, six people are nursing injuries in hospital in St. Lucia after a bus veered off the road and capsized on Martin Luther Street in Laborie on Wednesday morning. This happened during the busy hours of social commuting as locals who witnessed it gave their account of the incident. Here's more. It's capsized. I just finished putting down a passenger on top of there and start going back down. The bricks just get stiff and the bus just went, the bus started going fast and I just had to ditch it on, on the side of the road. I've been about my ass, I've been here for two and at the same time, my guy is trying to sit last out here and he can't keep it. And couple tell me, um, monster, monster, then I ran out. When I ran out, I helped the people out of the um, bus because I saw like the front of it was like smoking and I helped the people out of it. Boy, I can't get hold of that. I'm feeling so weak now. Fire officers of the Buford Fire Station responded to a call for assistance relating to a motor vehicular collision at Martin Luther King Street Library. Emergency personnel found a minibus overturned on its side. Physical assessments of eight patients were conducted. These revealed that the patients sustained various traumatic injuries. Emergency care was provided to them. Afterwards, all patients were transported to the St. Jude's Hospital via ambulance, then handed over to a medical practitioner for further medical assessments. This also, in other news, uh, canals across UK have been forced to close with the heat wave and the lack of rain said to be the one or the reason to be blamed. In what is usually the busiest time of the year on the waterways, the partial closures are having an impact on the boating holidays and tourism of trade because of the lack of water. The lack of water is also having an impact on those who live in houseboats within having some of them unable to move their boats. They can't go down there, so they can't get round. They're going to have to go the long way round. 
But there's no water down there, is there? No, no water down there at all. The boats are just all moored up. A lot of the boats are people live on them. I've seen pictures on the Macclesfield Canal and there's, you know, there's just a trickle like, you know. People like Dave Molyneux. At the minute it is a bit low. Am I? Yeah. Yeah, my boat is actually, I can usually rock it back and forth, but it, you can tell it's sat on the bottom now, like, yeah. Does that do any damage to it? No, no, not if I'm not moving. If, if, if I was wanting to move, then, you know, I'd need a, a team of strong blokes to give me a push off, like, <laughs> yeah. Canal locks can send lots of water downstream, and the reservoirs that feed the network are in constant need of repair. It's going to be really difficult for boaters, for the businesses on this section, doing whatever we can to, to help keep canals open. Two huge problems when there isn't enough water. We are seeing sections of the network close, particularly lock flights like the one we're on here today. We are seeing yeah, drier summers than we've seen before. Of course, we see much more intense rainfall when it comes, and that causes its, its own difficulties with floods and, and other impacts. But it is about the resilience of the canal network as well. It's 250 years old. It's probably never had the investment it's needed. Needed, and if we can secure that investment to make the waterways more resilient, that will serve us all well for the future. And that's the morning news as I recap of the headlines. Dr. Mario Kazumi says cannabis is a viable agribusiness and medicinal option to create a self-sufficient society and economy that can encourage the youth to get back into agriculture. Six people are nursing injuries in hospital in St. Lucia after a bus veered off the road and capsized on Martin Luther Street in Nobori on Wednesday during the busy hours of social committing. And waterways across the UK were forced to close due to lack of water caused by a heat wave and a lack of rain, impacting the boating holidays and tourism trade, and some houseboats are unable to move. The news was brought to you for the very kind compliments of Rudolph Thomas Enterprises. I've been your presenter, Hassan Robinson.